Sorry, old sport, I thought you knew. This is the OK Gatsby colon, is Nick Carraway gay or what? That's I figured the subtitle of the <laughs> podcast would be. Yeah, this is our exploration of mainly that. <laughs> OK, 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 OK. Hello, hello. Welcome to the OK Gatsby Chapter 6. I'm Terrence Hartnett. I'm Kevin Lapkovich. What's going on, Kev? Yeah, it's a big chapter. It's a lot going on here. Uh, a lot of plot-wise. Chapter and 6, yeah. Chapter 6. We got we got Tom stopping by. Tom, Tom stops by Gatsby's house twice. Yes. For a little visit and for the big party. Yes. We have... Jay Gatsby's origin story, or should I say, James Gats? Jay Gats? No, James Gats. James yeah. Gats. Jimmy. Jimmy G. We got Dan Cody, and then we got a disappointed Daisy. A disappointed Daisy. Um, disappointed Gatsby, and probably disappointed Nick too. <laughs> a lot of disappointment in this chapter. <laughs> Weird. Weird. A lot of disappointment. Nobody's happy. Everybody's rich. Welcome to the OK Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> I will get right into it. Here we go. It starts off with this weird: a reporter comes by, basically fo- uh, like a TMZ reporter of the of the twenties, <laughs> and <laughs> basically is like, "Hey, you got any comment?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Just any statement to give out. I love this. This guy's <laughs> this clearly like a young reporter, and they're just there's just there's kind of just a rumors uh, about Gatsby, or, but there's just talk. It's buzz. There's, there's buzz. buzz about this guy out in Long Island. <laughs> And he's just like, you know what? I have done no research. I've heard a few rumors. I'm just going to see what happens. But I want the scoop. And you know what? Gatsby likes it. That the newspapers are coming out to talk to him. And he literally says, I don't know why it was so pleasing to our source of satisfaction to James Gats in North Dakota. But like literally he's like, oh, I'm really creating a buzz. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, he likes to create a buzz. I mean, that's obvious at this point. This guy is. He's being affiliated with a. Uh, the rumor of an underground pipeline to Canada. <laughs> like, he has that much of a legend. He's like, from he New York, from Long Island to Canada? Yeah. You think? <laughs> wow. He has a underground pipeline to Canada. It's underground, but it's not. That's also a weird part of Prohibition that I don't think about a lot. Is that literally you just had to get it imported from Canada. <laughs> yeah, just go to Canada, right? I mean, just like call your buddy in Buffalo and. Uh, yeah, you lived in Detroit. You yeah. have an hour drive to booze. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, you can just yeah go up to the Adirondacks and... What a stupid... All prohibition is bad. That's an official stance. <laughs> oh, Kev. Kevin's higher right now. Just yeah. kidding. Full legalization. Pro- prohibitions are bad. Luckily, yeah, it creates criminals and uh, very interesting characters. Creates rich guys who can't get over past girlfriends. Yeah, is that what you want, Obama? Hey, what's his name? Jeff Sessions? Hey, Sessions. <laughs> you you want to start the war on drugs again and create another Gatsby? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? El Chapo is the next Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not talked about a that's lot. That's what we're facing. Exactly. People aren't saying it because it's not true, but they're not saying it also. Uh, so this 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 reporter just saying, "Hey, do you have any comment at all?" is uh, a lead into kind of a, a kind of a, a funky uh, a funky little narrative episode we have. Yeah, a lot of backstory. Seems like the most grounded, honest backstory yeah. of the whole thing. This but feels also, like, once again, there's no way to know. 
Yeah, yeah, but this seems like I, I think I think we'd use this as the def- definitive report if we were like starting, you know. Yeah. From it, from Gats for Gatsby. This this would be the number one most likely scenario. This is the yeah. All rumors aside, he, he even says later like I wanted to just get this down. I I I put it down here with the idea of exploding those first wild rumors about his antecedents antecedents, which weren't even faintly true. Uh. So. Right, so this this prods. So I mean, I just want to point out that this is a this is a strange chapter narratively. I mean, like half of it is kind of in this we is this is this backstory about Gatsby, um, and we get some more uh, backstory about Gatsby in sort of a different narrative lens at the end of the chapter. Mm. So I guess it's kind of bookended by Gatsby's past. Yeah, the past is the whole chapter. The whole chapter yeah. is the past. Colliding brutally with the the present. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like, um, this the, yeah, the past is the past is the past is here. That's this chapter, right? So, um, let's start it out with just James Gats. That was really, or at least legally, his name. So we get the name finally. Everyone's been calling him J Gatsby. His last name his last name is Gats G A T Z instead of G A T S B Y. And also, it's like, why change the name? Like it's pretty much the same thing. Like I get from like legend making, you gotta change your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A rebirth. Um, but that's know. not the like embar- That's not the part of his life that's holding him back. Yeah, he could just be James Gatz, I guess. Uh, like I get like, like in times when like a, people were prejudiced against like Irish people or Italian people being like, oh no, I'm my name's Smith, not Oh Fallon. Yeah. Uh, but just Gatz is like. Well, and I guess it's all just legend making, and that even that he can't lie, he lies about his own name. He lies about his own name. He, well, he's a he's a self made man in every sense of the word. Yes, he's made his own money, made his own name, made his own legend. This is a part of it, I guess. So, that's the yeah. There's no like there's no there's no heat. You know what I mean? Like he just uh, he just he just he he rechristened himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he had changed it to the age of seventeen. So it's important to realize that Gatsby's journey starts at 17. His visions are 17-year-old's visions. Yeah. Uh, and the, at the specific moment he, that witnessed the beginning of his career, when he saw Dan Cody's yacht drop anchor over the most insidious flat on Lake Superior. It was James, James Gatz who had been loafing along the beach that afternoon in a torn green jersey and a pair of canvas pants. But it was already Jay Gatsby who borrowed a robot, rowboat, pulled out to the Ptolemy. Or Ptolemy whoa, and, wait, wait, wait. Robot? Was it a robot? He, it was a robot. He, he rode a robot. It was a, <laughs> a robot. This is crazy. This is like a you know. This Jules is part Verne. of our theory that Fitzgerald was a time traveler. Right. Yeah. Uh, he knew that Kevin was gonna mispronounce robot, <laughs> and um, you can't deny that. Yes. Uh, and informed Cody that a wind might catch him and break him up in half an hour. So I looked up what Ptolemy is. Ptolemy. T O U L O M E E. That's the name of the ship. That's the name of the ship. ship. It's also kind of the name of a county in Nevada where a big metal rush, one of the metal rushes happened. So the name of the county in Nevada is what? Tolumne. Tolumne. So it's a subtle commentary both on that Dan Cody is proud of his history uh, as a, like a minor, but two, that his brain is rotting and he forgot how to spell where he made his money. (laughs) He's pickled his brain with alcohol and a cool lifestyle, an objectively cool lifestyle. Yeah. Alcohol and smelting fumes. Yeah, <laughs> his brain's broken. But let's point out that the, 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 we were just talking about uh, how did the name change? The name changed right then, right then and there when he saw the boat. You know, it was James Gatz 
who had been loafing on the beach, and it was Jay Gatsby who borrowed a rowboat. So as soon as Dan Cody asked him what his name is, the I'm Jay Gatsby, is there, baby. Yeah, that's his, that's his I'm Batman moment. I'm Batman. I'm Jay Gatsby. <laughs> Where is she? Oh, there is a lot of connections between the dark. <laughs> Where <and> is she? <laughs> and then who's the joke? Probably fate, you know. <laughs> fate is the Joker, or maybe you Wilson. Uh, not really. Um, okay. Let's see. I suppose he's had the name ready for a long time. Even then, his parents were shiftless and unsuccessful farm people. Kind of mean and rude. <laughs> yes, shiftless. Yeah, unsuccessful farm people. His imagination had never really accepted accepted them as his parents at all. Also. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Mr. Gatsby. The truth was that Jay Gatsby of West Egg, Long Island, sprang from his platonic conception of himself. Woo! Love it. Man. Theory of forms, baby. My <laughs> God. The platonic conception of himself. Right. So, Jay Gatsby is the James Gatz's Perfect dream. version. Yes. So, the 17-year-old James Gatz. Envision what an adult man living his best life would be. Right. He basically vision boarded it. Right. He basically he, he did the secret. Jay Gatsby <laughs> did the secret and became Jay, Jay Gatsby. Jay Gatsby did the secret and he, he imagined himself and he vision boarded it and there it is. He's like, I want a big house in Long Island. I want a boat that a bunch of neighbors come by. Everyone's drunk all the time. Everyone's drunk all the time. He basically envisioned the Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's like, I want to be classy, but also... Basically host the Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> I want a disgusting party in my apartment every single night. Um, and then he stepped in, you know, he stepped into like that, the, the, you know, when Steve Urkel stepped into that machine and he became Stefan Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he did at that, that moment. Yes, basically. Uh, so he was a son of God, a phrase which, if it means anything, means just that. And he must be about his father's business, the service of a vast, vulgar and meretricious beauty. That's a great sentence. I don't know what meritorious is. I'm going to confess that I, I saw, don't know what it means. I saw Here, let's look it up. Uh-oh. I, I saw the definition on a website, and I was like, huh. Well, you keep saying other stuff while I look up. Yeah, me- I'll look it up. Uh, it's also like son of God. God has like little bits of appearance every once in a while. There's always church bells. They pass by a church. Uh, there's saints. Saints are named everywhere. So it seems like. And this probably is true. We said about all American novels is that religion is always floating around somewhere. Uh, but this pe- these people, large part, have denied it or tried to be their own gods. Oh yeah. So there could be if you were really into it. And you got to be like a youth minister to get into this reading. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like also condemning of the people who turned away from God and tried to make it all for themselves. Morality is there, and. Um you know the conception of, I guess, the conception of. I don't know. If, I don't know if Christian morality is necessarily there, but you know, yeah. morality is their capital N. Um, meretricious is the uh, is is an adjective that means apparently attractive, but having in reality no value or integrity. So, oh. m- meretricious beauty. Man, the service of a vast. Okay, right. Va- so his father's business, the service of a vast, vulgar, and meretricious beauty. So that's, that is Gatsby's life work, is meretricious beauty. So, But also maybe a criticism a of Catholicism. Ooh, yeah. Beautiful on the surface. and uh, Well, like the Pope's, the Vatican, Vatican City is like gaudy and oh, yeah. weird and gold. Every church is like that. They're huge, huge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's kids starving all over the place. But hey... 
so we invented just the sort of Jay Gatsby that a 17-year-old boy would be likely to invent. And to this conception, he was faithful to the end. So that's important to realize is that you don't want to be Gatsby because he's what a 17-year-old yeah. wanted to be as a 30-year-old. It's like, sure, chocolate for dinner every night sounds great, but look out. Sure, people I don't know living on my floor <laughs> for <Yeah>. months. <laughs> it's fun for a weekend. I don't think it's fun for your entire life. But also, there's there's Fitzgerald just calls his shots, right? So he invented just a sort of sort of Jake Gatsby. That, like that sentence is him going like, "This is how I characterized Gatsby." Uh, enjoy, you know, like yeah, he's this like is how a seventeen year old would imagine being rich is like. Yeah, but like it's just it's like a he he not only characterizes Gatsby, but he also explains like, okay, this is this is the characterization of Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, for over a year, he had been beating his way along the south shore of Lake Superior as a clam digger and salmon fisher, or in any other capacity that brought him food and bed. So Gatsby, that's important to point out, is Gatsby pretty much has and would have an upper Midwest accent. We imagine <laughs> him saying like Leo DiCaprio, very smooth, generic American accent, but he's like, hey, why don't we go down to bar, eh? <laughs> That's how he would talk when he was 17. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, look at you, Dan Cody. <laughs> oh, man. What a big old boat there. But also, yeah, so like his, when he's 17, he's just in Wisconsin. <laughs> and what's weird is connection-wise is that DiCaprio plays him in a movie, and that's two people that basically hung around Wisconsin that he's played, both with Gatsby and with uh, Jack from Titanic. DiCaprio's a Wisconsin guy? Or what do you mean? No, it's just that he plays Wisconsin characters. I don't know why we picked DiCaprio oh, Jack as Wisconsin. From Jack from Titanic's from Wisconsin. Gatsby spent some time in Wisconsin. Get out of here, huh? Um, let's Coincidence? See. Absolutely. But hey, what what is coincidence? But not there's no coincidence in literature. I'm sorry for even uttering the word. <laughs> uh, this is a crazy. So this, in terms of characterization uh, and narrative, this paragraph is absolutely wild to me um about gatsby and this time in his life um but his heart was in a constant turbulent riot the most grotesque and fantastic conceits haunted him in his bed at night a universe of ineffable gaudiness spun itself out in his brain while the clock ticked on the washstand and the moon soaked with wet light his dang tangled clothes upon the floor each night he added to the pattern of his fancies until drowsiness closed down upon some vivid scene with an obvious, oblivious embrace. For a while, these reveries provided an outlet for his imagination. They were a satisfactory hint of the unreality of reality, a promise that the rock of the world was founded securely on a fairy's wing. Whoa. Beautiful. So beautiful. So, and what... So this is kind of like the what? So this is this is Gatsby's formulation of his sort of his visions character. of what he wants the future to be. Right. So he's a clam digger. <clears throat> he works for four hours a day on the Wisconsin shore. Goes back to his hut and lays on his back and thinks about being the Jay Gatsby we know from the beginning of the novel. Right. He's a dreamer, which is also insane. He like. <laughs> This is like a dirt poor guy being like, I'm going to have the biggest house in Long Island. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, but he also, I mean, I think also he's a he's a boy who realizes that uh, dreams are real. You know, like unreality, the unreality of reality. 
the like, rock of the world was formed on a fairy's wing. You know, you can make it happen. Yeah, if you, obs- it's the secret. <laughs> it's the secret. <laughs> Jake, Jake Gatsby really into the secret. Yeah, I mean, he visualize. He's he's visualizing, and then he sees every this guy. night. He visualizes, adds little things. <laughs> I mean, and Dan Cody is the kind of guy who would probably be telling you about the secret. It seems like he's like, oh, I I I used to be poor and I uh, mined gold and now I live on a ship because my wife. Put me on it or his, whatever. His like, girlfriend. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> An instinct toward his future glory had led him some months before to the small Lutheran college of St. Olaf in southern Minnesota. He stayed there two weeks, dismayed at its ferocious indifference to the drums of his destiny, to destiny itself, and despising the janitor's work with which he was asked to pay his way through. So Gatsby goes to college, drops out immediately. Because they don't realize that he's... Going to be the greatest thing he's, he's ever a, He's a huge deal. I sometimes... I mean... In my most narcissistic uh, times, I feel this way. Where I go, whoa, it's everyone's acting like I'm not the best thing in the entire world. What yeah. is this? This What's ego and narcissism and delusion yeah. is very relatable, but also <laughs> funny. Is that you're like a professor of mathematics, and this like tanned 19 year old walks in and it's like, I'm going to be the richest man in Long Island. <laughs> yeah, you can see him like treating people like he's rich already, even though he's not. And it's also, I think this is uh, Fitzgerald making fun of himself because he dropped out of Princeton. Oh, yeah. Because he spent most of the time writing. And he's like, I'm going to be the greatest writer of all time. And they're like, well, you're failing your classes. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you want from us. And he's like, you'll see. And, but also Gatsby becomes successful. So like, I think he's also saying like college, you don't need college to be successful. No. Uh, and which is true now. <laughs> I mean, good God, is it true? I bet I bet sixty thousand dollars that it wouldn't be true, and I lost. You know, so <laughs> yeah, a lot of us did. Let's see here. There's women in this time. A number of women tried to separate him from his money. So that's so. Then we meet uh, Cody. Uh, this, Dan is, this Cody. is Dan Cody. Then he drifted back to Lake Superior, and he was still searching for something to do on the day that Dan Cody's yacht dropped an anchor in the shallows along shore. Cody was fifty years old then, a product of the Nevada silver fields of the Yukon. Of every rush for metal since 75. The transaction in Montana copper that made him many times a millionaire found him physically robust, but on the verge of soft-mindedness. And suspecting this, an infinite number of women tried to separate him from his money. So, two things that are important is that Gatsby's idol is also another self-made man. Yes. A guy who went into the wilderness and came back a millionaire. American dream. American dream. Rough guy. But also loose brains because he's drank and been around metal for so long. Yeah. But also the comparison is that his hero went to into metalwork, which was the previous way of new money. And the new way of new money is bootlegging. Boom. So he learned basically that new money, you're never quite right for the East because the money made in the West for uh, the coal mining and the not, or Iron mining, stuff like that. That's all in the West. That's Nevada. That's Yukon. That's not good for the eastern seaboard. That's where everyone's sophisticated. And he's like this rough and tumble sailor around the world. Cowboy, sailor. Yeah. So he's Dan Cody is like an American man. Yeah. And that's like where American men like can be American men is in the West. And, and Gatsby would have probably fit in way better in the West. Right. It seems like, yeah. Or even Chicago. He probably would have been very happy in Chicago. Yeah, he's L.A. He's Chicago. He's trying to fit in. Yeah, I totally. And he's trying to go to New York, which is like a not not a good place for high society if you're not already in high society. You're right. Um, but, yeah, and then 
The none too savory ramifications of which Ella Kay, the newspaper woman, played Madame de Maintenon, which was Louis XIV's wife. So basically played the wife of an extremely rich man and kind of abused the power to his weakness and sent him to sea in a yacht were common knowledge to the target subjournalism of, of 1902. So here's more journalists. Newspapers and journalism is around quite a bit. Yeah, in this chapter especially, right? It all began because someone A came journalist and, came by. Yeah. So gossip journalism is part of... And that and like we're, the last chapter we brought up the journal, that yellow journal. The Yep, the weather journal, yeah. So uh, yeah, Jordan it's Baker. this clash between writing that's... The high-minded writing that Gatsby has in the library, and then all the the, the yellow journalism and gossip journalism yes. that actually affects his life. Right, the rumors are way more important than the facts. Rumors are more important than facts. Hey, but also that low society has its way of hurting Gatsby way more than high society does. Yeah, because in the end, he's actually killed by the working class. He's not killed by Tom. No, he's not killed by Daisy. He's killed by Wilson. Killed by Wilson. Um, so he had been coasting along all too hospitable shores for five years when he turned up as James Gatsby's destiny in Little Girl Bay. And just a weird thing. Little Girl Bay. That's a real bay in Minnesota. <laughs> but it's Fitzgerald could have picked any bay. And maybe that was a particularly beautiful bay that Fitzgerald liked as a kid. But, like, the little girl thing is around a lot, too. Yeah. I mean, this is a love. This whole book is a is about falling in love with a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. And then she grows up, uh, yeah, but he's still in love with the 17-year-old version. Yeah. So. So we are two young gats resting on his oars and looking up at the rail deck. That yacht represented all the beauty and glamour in the world. You don't even need, you don't even need to, 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 to like, like read in for symbols. He goes, just so you know, this represents all the beauty in the world. This, (laughs) this this yacht. This yacht. Is beauty. Yeah. And everything good in the world. I love it. Fitzgerald, you dog. Uh, let's see here. So then they go, they go to Africa for a little bit. And then basically his job is just to run Cody's boat and make sure he doesn't get too drunk. Or when yeah. he gets drunk, he locks him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan With, Cody's cool as hell. Yeah, Dan Cody's like, look, I know I'm a drunk, so just throw me in prison every night. <laughs> yeah. If I ever seem too cool, uh, just throw me in the brig there until morning. But also, Dan Cody trusted someone to do that. Yeah. Where Gatsby doesn't have someone to be like, hey, you're getting too into Daisy. I need you to take a step back. Exactly. Like, Nick keeps trying, and Gatsby won't have it. Yeah, Gatsby needs a Gatsby. Gatsby needs a little buddy. To say, hey, and like Nick was trying to be Gatsby's buddy, kind of. Yeah. Of like, hey, take a breath. You're out of control right now. No one is there for Gatsby to do that. No. Um, Let's see. And then this is a big part. Uh, it might have lasted indefinitely except for the fact that Alec Kay came on board one night in Boston and a week later Dan Cody and hospitably died. Dun, dun, dun. So Gatsby, here has another, here's his hero being killed by a woman. Yeah. And again, another another violent act uh, being described very tersely, very short. Another self-made man brought down by weakness for women or whatever. It's, the whole book is kind of contemptuous towards women. That was a big thing that Fitzgerald said, like, why it didn't sell well, is that there's no, like, good women in this book. Oh. And women were the big readers, which is also, like, a sexist thing to say. 
Uh, Fitzgerald's probably biggest weakness in this book is sexism. <laughs> sure, yeah. It seems to be yeah, painting with kind of a broad brush, woman-wise. And then, let's see here. And it was from Cody that he inherited money, a legacy of $25,000. He didn't get it. He never understood the legal device that was used against him, but what remained of the millions went intact to allocate. Dang. So, $25,000. And that's something we talked about where Gatsby was going to be legally rich. And then old money, inherited money. And then this woman who knew the system cheated him out of it. So right away he learned the lessons that you cannot trust the law to get you the money that you're owed. And so right away he had no reason to believe that the Gotta law. Gotta go out and get it for yourself. Um, let's see here. Also, he doesn't drink because of Cody. That's right before that. It yeah. was indirectly due to Cody that Gatsby drank so little. Sometimes in the course of gay parties, women used to rub champagne into his hair. For himself, he formed the l- habit of letting liquor alone. That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> he never put it in his hair anymore yeah. for himself. Is that, does that need to be explained? I mean, like... He never took champagne and rubbed it in his hair. <laughs> but, like, who are these women that are like, that's rude. <laughs> that's just plain rude to rub champagne in someone's hair. I don't like when someone would touch my hair at all, let alone take liquid. <laughs> I like it, but that's the that's beside the point. <laughs> How about someone someone offers you champagne and you go, I shouldn't. All right, I'll have some. You dump the glass in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the laughs. So now we're back to the present, right? He told me all this very much later, but I've put it down here with the idea of exploding these ideas, these first wild rumors about his antecedents, which weren't even faintly true. Moreover, he told it to me at a time of confusion. When I had reached the point of believing everything and nothing about him. Within and without. Yeah. Everything and nothing. So I take advantage of this short halt while Gatsby, so to speak, caught his breath to clear this set of misconceptions away. It was a halt, too, in my association with his affairs. For several weeks, I didn't see him or hear his voice on the phone. Mostly, I was in New York, trotting around with Jordan and trying to ingratiate myself with her senile aunt. <laughs> So As you do. Weirdly, here's another time where it's like Nick seems to have trouble convincing the family of his significant others oh, to like yeah. him. The brother from Jersey City was a problem. And now this aunt, and she's senile, but she's, she's also senile. like he has to work to get it, <laughs> this aunt to like him. <laughs> so something about Nick family members see as like not right. Yeah. And he's like a, a bondsman from a nice family. Yeah, nice Chicago family, and they're friends, and they they hang out, and uh, I don't know. And then, so they say, like, uh, I don't know about this Nick guy. <laughs> it's one point for team Nick is gay. One yeah. point. Let's see here. So let's keep you in check at home. All right, and so I hadn't been there for two minutes when somebody brought Tom Buchanan in for a drink. I was startled naturally, but the really surprising thing was that it hadn't happened before. So Tom again, <coughs> Tom and Gatsby kept bumping into each other even before they were supposed to. Yeah. Like, they could not avoid each other. Yeah. And now, literally, Tom Buchanan is showing up unannounced to Gatsby's house. So, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out. It seems as if he was invited by this couple. The, uh, right? The Sloans. The Sloans. Because Gatsby is surprised to see him also. Or at least they're surprised to be meeting, kind of, right? Yeah. So, it sounds like these three people went on horseback on a yeah. nice ride around Long Island. And they ended up, they're like, oh, that's Gatsby's house. And the Sloans probably have been there before. Right. Anybody can go there anytime and get free stuff. Let's stop, let's stop by. Yeah. It's kind of the vibe. And and they're like, we'll get some liquor or some something to drink, and then we'll yeah. go on our way. Maybe we'll just hand us some money. Who knows? Let's see. I'm delighted to see you, said Gatsby, standing on his porch. I'm delighted that you dropped in. 
And then Nick throws in one of the few exclamation points as though they cared. Like, he's really on Gatsby's side. Like, its own paragraph, as though they cared. Exclamation point. Oh, whether or not he'd be happy to see them. Right? As though, like, the the people on the horses are going to be like, oh, you, you're delighted to see us? Oh, like. Good, he's, good. He's, yeah. Nick is like, F these people on these horses. Right. They're, F you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> so Nick's pointing out that they're just there for yeah, something. Yeah, to abuse them. So he's really contemptuous of the the East Egg now. He's a straight up West Egger now. So right, even a little bit later, um, he gets he 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 calls for them to get a drink, and he goes, but he would he would be uneasy anyhow until he had given them something, realizing in a vague way that that was all that they came for. There it is, spelled out. Yeah, Mister Sloan wanted nothing. A lemonade? No thanks. A little champagne? Nothing at all. Thanks. I'm sorry. So Mister Sloan is not having it. He probably didn't want to come. Yeah. Um, and that kind of becomes obvious later. And then here's a weird moment. Moved by an irresistible impulse, Gatsby turned to Tom, who had accepted the introduction as a stranger. I believe we met somewhere before, Mr. Buchanan. Oh, yes, said Tom, gruffly polite, but obviously not remembering. So we did. I remember very well. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the narrative, the, narr- the narration between obviously not remembering and him going, I remember very well. I'm such an adult. <laughs> But also, that's very polite to say. Right. I remember very well. About two weeks ago. That's right. You were with Nick here. So then he does remember. So when he says two weeks, he's like, okay. Okay. About, well, with, yeah, with Nick. I know your wife, continued Gatsby, almost aggressively. So <laughs> Gatsby plays a bad card. <laughs> <laughs> I know your wife, biblically. And then he goes, that's so. Tom turned to me. You live here near here, Nick? Next door. That's so, question mark. So that's important. He says that's so twice about two very different. So Tom doesn't register what Gatsby meant. Yeah. Because he responds like, oh, I live next door. Oh, that's so. And then, oh, I know your wife. And Gatsby says it like, I am sleeping with your wife. Yeah, and Tom doesn't it. register at all. Uh, so, you go, oh, that's so. Really? Okay, cool. Oh, get out of here. Um, right. The same reaction to Tom to Nick living next door is Gatsby knows your wife. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Sloan didn't enter into the conversation, but lounged back haughtily in his chair. The woman said nothing either until unexpectedly, after two highballs, she became cordial. So this woman drinks two highballs while sitting on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) That's absurd. Like, she comes to this stranger's house, drinks two highballs on a horse, and now is hammered. No, they're not on the horse anymore, Kev. There's no way. Oh, man. That would be really funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but like, wait. I don't know if... I don't see them getting off the horse, but I can't imagine they're still on the horse. Oh, here it is that we were talking about. We'll all come over to your next party, Mr. Gatsby, she suggested. What do you say? Certainly, I'd be delighted to have you. So this is where Tom's invitation is. Yes. Um, And then Sloan nice. says, be very nice, said Sloan with gra- without gratitude. Well, think ought to be starting home. So he's hammered, too. He's hammered and he wants to go home, and he never wanted to be there. There's like, there's only like, every description of him also has an adjective that describes him not wanting to be at this place right now. Yeah. Please don't hurry. Gatsby urged them. He had control of himself now, and he wanted to see more of Tom. Why don't you? Why don't you stay for supper? I wouldn't be surprised if some other people dropped in from New York. Uh, You come to supper with me, said the lady enthusiastically. Both of you. This included me. Mr. Sloan got to his feet. Come along, he said, but to her only. I mean it, she insisted. I'd love to have you. Lots of room. So, like, Miss, Miss Sloan is like, 
Come on, come yeah. to my party. Come over, yeah. Mr. Sloan is giving so many cues that it's not happening. Um, Gatsby looked at me questioningly. He wanted to go, and he didn't see that Mr. Sloan had determined he shouldn't. I'm afraid I won't be able to, I said. Nick's very polite. Well, you come, he she urged, concentrating on Gatsby. Mr. Sloan murmured something close to her ear. We, we won't be late, late if we, we start, start now, now, she insisted aloud. So he's like, come on, We're let's go. <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, I haven't got a horse, said Gatsby. I used to ride in the army, but I've never bought a horse. I'll have to follow you in my car. Excuse me for just a minute. So that's a big moment. Yeah. Symbolic. How he doesn't fit in with the old rich. Right. Is that he literally does not have a horse. Yeah. <laughs> so these, these very fancy people are riding horses back to her house, and Gatsby's like, okay, I'll have to follow you in my automobile right the it's, sign of the new rich it's so huge right it's so right in your face like yeah we'll be on horses you'll be in a car yeah and it's like that disparity is so brutal <laughs> of like hey if you want to come to a party just get your horse oh you don't have a horse well i'm sorry you can't come to the party <laughs> you're not you can't come to the new rich party you don't have a horse but Gatsby's like yeah i want to come to this party and I like basically it's weird that he wants to come to this party. He wants to be old rich. I mean, it's he like, wants to be old rich. It's late. It's he wants to challenge Tom and every sort of. He wants right. to prove that he fits in even better than Tom. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom says, "My God, I believe the man's coming." Said Tom. Doesn't he know she doesn't want him? And that's such a weird part of the old rich is that literally she's like, "Please come to my party. Please come to my party." Yeah. Please come to my party. And Gatsby's like, yeah, just give me a minute. I'll go to your party. And Tom is like, what an idiot. She, he, he thinks she really wants to come to this yeah. party. <laughs> I mean, Nick can tell. Nick can tell she doesn't. Or Nick can tell he doesn't want. Mr. Sloan doesn't want them to go. But then literally Gatsby's like, come to my party. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. they don't feel any shame about going to his party. They're like, maybe we'll go to your party. And then he's like, yeah, please come to my party. And they're like, oh, come to my party. And he's like, yeah, I'll go. And they're like. No, don't come to my party. <laughs> right, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, uh, like, and then while he's going to get his car, they leave. So just real cold mean girl they stuff. They ditch him. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Mean girl stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's really brutal. Like They ditch him. Oh, like, oh, yeah, go get your car. We'll just be right here. Oh, tell him we had to go. <laughs> tell him we had to go. We're not friends. Yes, yeah, so they leave without him. All right, so this is, and also this explains uh, why Tom goes to the party. Uh, is that the following? Is that Tom goes? Um, so he goes. Tom was evidently perturbed at Daisy's running around alone. For on the following right. Saturday night, he came with her to Gatsby's party. So he's just like, "What is Daisy doing? What's going on at these parties?" But this is all, this, this is the first. I think this is the first party we see Daisy at as well. Yeah, this is but, both uh, Tom and Daisy's right. introduction. To right, Gatsby party scene, a party important. scene that Gatsby created for Daisy. Exactly, this whole thing is just a trap for Daisy, and this is the first time Daisy's going. She's going with Tom, and it seems to be the least fun one. Yeah, it stands out in my memory from Gatsby's other parties that summer. There were the same people, at least the same sort of people, the same profusion of champagne, the same many-colored, many-keyed commotion, but I felt an unpleasantness in the air, a pervading harshness that hadn't been there before. It's not as fun as every other party It's weird. Been to. Tom and Daisy here, now everything feels weird. The vibe's off. Or perhaps I had merely grown used to it, grown to accept West A as a world complete in itself, with its own standards and its own great figures. Second to nothing, because it had no consciousness of being so, and now I was looking at it again through Daisy's eyes. 
it is invariably saddening to look through new eyes at things upon which you have expanded your own powers of adjustment. Ooh. That's a real sad, kick in the teeth, hard facts of life. Yeah, that's another. That's a good one, but it's that's tough. Yeah, right. Um, we were talking about this like we've done that with stand up. <laughs> the stand up world, I love stand up. Sure. Uh, and it's a. I have my, all my friends are from stand up. I feel yeah, camaraderie with all these people. And I, I like their flaws. They're interesting. I like their strengths. I find them fun. Exactly. But then, like when your parents come <laughs> to a stand up show. And you're like, oh, no, this is like a filthy place full of broken people saying unpleasant things. Yeah. Oh, God. Like you've gotten used to the charm and the beauty and the interesting parts of it. And then you have to introduce people who have not spent the time, who don't even want to really be there. Right. These people these people don't have the yeah, they don't have the. They don't have parents' manners all the way. And then the, like it's the comics don't care that your parents are there and, and exactly. they're like just spewing filth. And yeah. you're like, no, well, like, that's part of the charm. And you're like, this is a weird world that you're in. <laughs> and then How you much money gross. do you make? Oh, uh, no. Almost no money. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they arrive. Once again, Daisy's voice was playing murmurous tricks in her throat. So there's da- Daisy's voice, voice is man. everywhere. Uh these things excite me so, she whispered. If you want to kiss me at any time during the evening, Nick, just let me know and I'll be glad to arrange it for you. Just by mention my name or present a green card. I'm giving out green. She's cut off. This is like it's a funny, she's doing like a funny. Yeah, a funny, she's being so flirty. Silly, like, hey, yeah. Nick, if you want to kiss me, wink, wink. <laughs> I'm giving out green cards. Yeah, she's so excited that she's giving out. But also here's green again. Green uh-huh. and Daisy next to each other. Um, Let's see. So Gatsby's with him. You must see the faces of many people you've heard about. You've heard about famous people. There's famous people at my party. Look, look, I have got all these famous people. Tom's right. arrogant eyes roam the crowd. We don't go around very much, he said. In fact, I was just thinking, I don't know a soul here. Tom's like, I don't know these people. It doesn't impress me. <laughs> so there is like, they don't. Tom doesn't even know that Gatsby is sleeping with his wife. Oh God, I know. But Tom yeah. still is like, I'm better than you. <laughs> it's so it's so comp- they're very competitive. Uh, it's very well done. Every time they are interacting, it's like a it's a, 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 a sort of measuring contest of sorts, you know? Some sort of genital measuring contest. As if, as if they're measuring their genitals. Perhaps you know that lady Gatsby indicated, a gorgeous, scarcely human orchard of a woman who sat in state under a white plum tree. Tom and Daisy stared with that peculiarly unreal feeling that accompanies the recognition of a hitherto ghostly celebrity of the movies. She's lovely, said Daisy. The man bending over her is her director. <laughs> so that's a joke about show business from 1920 that yeah. now is extremely relevant. <laughs> and it plays out. It's great. So this like beautiful actress is at this party, and her director is like all over Hovering her. over her because of the power dynamic that he holds over her <laughs> for her job. And this was a problem in 1922. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Boy. Uh, Gatsby keeps uh, another 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 way that Gatsby is undermining Tommy. He keeps introducing him to people as the polo player. Yeah, he goes, Mrs. Buchanan and Mr. Buchanan. After an instant hesitation, he added, the polo player. And Tom's like, oh, no, objected Tom quickly, not me. But evidently, the sound of it pleased Gatsby for Tom remained the polo player for the rest <laughs> of the evening. Um, and then Tom says, I'd a little rather not be the polo player, said Tom pleasantly. I'd rather look at all these famous people in in oblivion. Which is a weird phrase. It's kind of high-minded for Tom. One, well, yeah. And I think that's part of the joke is that I think he means anonymity. But, yeah. like, you know how he's dumb and, like, kind of yeah. doesn't. He, he's read, like, one book and it was just a racist book. Yeah. And oblivion means, like, 
death and like kind of related to Nirvana. He's like, I'd rather be <laughs> exploded. I'd rather be nothing. I'd rather be right. I'd rather be not existent. Right. He does mean he means anonymity. He means yes. Yeah. So yeah. he gets the word wrong, but it's a w- peculiar. He's <laughs> like, I'd rather be a non-existent force in these yeah. people's lives because that's how like not he wants to be at this party. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, D- Daisy and Gatsby danced. This is like a nice little moment. I remember being surprised by his graceful, conservative foxtrot. I had never seen him dance before. Then they sauntered over to my house and sat on the steps for a half hour. While at her request, I remained watchfully in the garden. In case there's a fire or a flood, she would explain, or any act of God. Oh, my God, Nick Carraway. You're better than this, right? Come on. Have some yeah. self-respect. Nick Carraway is basically, hey, cousin and friend that <laughs> I might be secretly in love with. Why don't you hook up at my house? I know your husband's at your boyfriend's party. <laughs> I'll keep watch. Yeah, like Nick is an honest man, and like the whole thing he starts off with is like, I don't like to get it. Like people tell me things, I don't <laughs> like to get involved. I pretend to be asleep sometimes, and here he is, like a little dog, watching for Tom so that Gatsby and Daisy can smooch. Dude, yeah, I know. Like, I like. What are you thinking about while you're sitting there? Like while you're sitting there in the dark. <laughs> and then here's God again. In the wrong context. A fire or a flood, a dis- she explained, or any act of God. Another distorted version of God. First is God serving a meretricious beauty, and now God is preventing, like, helping them uh, have an affair. Like, with their idea of what God is, it's, like, obviously very amoral. Yeah. So Tom goes away. Tom appeared from his oblivion. Yeah. So there is. Oh, the- hey. Oblivion. As we were sitting down to supper together, do you mind if I eat with some people over here? He said, a fellow's getting off on some funny stuff. <laughs> so there's Tom is just like a goofball. <laughs> a fellow's getting off. So he's like, he's hey, like, this guy over there is pretty funny. I want to have dinner with him. Yeah. He's like, babe, babe, I'm going to eat with these people, babe. This guy's this, hilarious. This guy's hilarious. <laughs> do the Borat voice again. <laughs> okay. If you want to take down any addresses, here's my little pencil. JD says, she looked around after a moment and told me the girl was common but pretty. So she knows, like, he's not going to be hanging out with a guy. She's going to go hang out with this girl that he likes. Right. And he's like, here's a pencil if you want to write down her name. And she's so over at this point. Because she, he's like, she's literally having an affair in front of his face. Right. So it's she's fine. She's like, go, go ahead is, and have yeah. an affair with uh, him. So, uh, But right. also, here's very important. And I knew that except for the half hour she'd been alone with Gatsby, she wasn't having a good time. Well, she seemed to have fun at the beginning and the promise of it. So maybe she said about Gatsby. The anticipation to see Gatsby. And it's like, oh, let's see the world you've created, the man I love. Yeah. And then it's not what she wants. And now it's over. Yeah. And she's not into it. Yeah. And then they sit at a drunk table. Here comes a classic Fitzgerald uh, drunky sketch. We were at a particularly tipsy table. That was my fault. Gatsby had been called to the phone, and I enjoyed these same people only two weeks before. So Nick is going to these parties a lot. Nick's buddies, yeah. And now he's starting to like people there. So that early, like, snobbishness about the parties is gone, and now he has drinking buddies. So once again, Nick is drunk all the time, <laughs> lied about never being drunk, and two, he it really likes Westdeck now. Like, these are his people. Right. And he's seeing him through, he's seeing him through Tom and Daisy's eyes. And he has friends that he remembers having fun with. Yeah. How do you feel, Mrs. Baydecker? The girl answered, the girl just was trying unsuccessfully to slump against my shoulder. At this inquiry, she sat up and opened her eyes. What? A massive and lethargic woman who had been urging Daisy to play golf with her at the local club tomorrow spoke in Miss Baydecker's defense. Oh, she's all right now. When she's had five or six cocktails, she always starts screaming like that. I tell her she ought to leave it alone. 
I do leave alone, affirmed the accused hollow, hollowly. So they're arguing about how drunk she is. Yeah. We heard you yelling, so I said to Doc Savette here, there's somebody that needs your help, Doc. She's much obliged, I'm sure, said another friend without gratitude. But you got her dress all wet when you stuck her head in the pool. So th- these are just messes of women. They're wasted, yeah. Anything I hate is to get my head stuck in a pool, mumbled Miss Baedeker. They almost drowned me once over in New Jersey. Then you ought to leave it alone, con- countered Dr. Savette. Speak for yourself, cried Miss Baedeker violently. Your handshakes. I wouldn't let you operate on me. Nice. And so what's important about that is, if you remember from the list, Dr. Savette dies later this summer. Chapter 4, Dr. Savette dies. Good looking, Kev. I missed so that one. So he's like a, a he's got hand tremors from drinking too much, and so he's on the end of his life. And this is like, oh, we're hanging out with a dead person. <laughs> so Nick was literally like, oh, that guy I hung out with died later. Oh, by the way, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like, uh, so, pure, so yeah, they're watching the director and star again. And uh, they were still under the white plum tree, and their faces were touching except for a pale, thin ray of moonlight. It occurred to me that he had been slowly bending toward her all evening to attain this proximity. And even while I watched, I saw him stoop one ultimate degree and kiss her at her cheek. So that's a big metaphor. So Daisy is watching this. Weinstein. One Weinstein, but two. <laughs> they, like So this director who basically built his movie empire to meet actresses. Right, sure. Okay. Has spent the Parallels. whole evening slowly moving towards this actress who is his object of affection all night. And he's an influential director. And all he does is he, he kisses her on the cheek. And obviously, yes, of course, <laughs> any unwanted event. But all the director gets is a kiss on the cheek. Right. And that's a metaphor for that's basically reflected in Daisy and Gatsby. Is Gatsby builds this empire and brings her to this party. And he wants he eventually to reveal what he wants from her, which is a lot. A lot. Uh, but all he gets basically is a few weeks of fun. And then death. <laughs> and then death. Um, but then Daisy says, I like her. I think she's lovely. Um, but the rest offended her, and arguably because it wasn't a gesture but an emotion. So that's a big criticism of new money versus old money. Right. Old money is like there's no emotion anymore. It's all gestures. Like yeah. We know the right gestures to make. And Gatsby's described as a series. His, his personality is a series of successful gestures. Yes. Um, and then new money is all excitement. And raw, so it basically was on. She was appalled by West Egg, this unprecedented place that Broadway had begotten upon a Long Island fishing village, appalled by its raw vigor that chafed under the old euphemisms and by the too obtrusive fate that herded its inhabitants along a shortcut from nothing to nothing. Great sentence. She saw something awful in the very simplicity she failed to understand. It's simple. She doesn't get it. She doesn't like it. Everyone's straightforward, which is the problem. It's blunt. Blunt, everyone says what they want, and sometimes it's just, I want to get drunk. Yeah, they all say that. Yeah. But Daisy never says what she wants. Yeah. Can't, barely knows what she wants. Uh, I, Who is this Gatsby anyhow? Yeah. Yeah? Anything yeah. else before that? Who's um, Gatsby anyhow, yeah. demanded Tom suddenly. Some big bootlegger? Where'd you hear that, I inquired. I didn't hear it. I imagined it. A lot of these newly rich people are just big bootleggers, you know. Not Gatsby, I said shortly. So Nick is really defensive now. <laughs> Nick is like Gatsby's like squire, basically. He just met, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, his, his squire feels good, yeah, because he he's like defending his honor here. He's like he Lefou for uh, <laughs> yeah, Gaston. Right? Oh God, I know. 
he's like, I'm gonna help you get that girl because I'm secretly in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> and right. And Nick totally knows that he's a bootlegger, but he just so he's he's clearly on 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 Gatsby's side as, as if it was ever a question. He's on Tom's side, but he's totally squared up against Tom on Gatsby's side. It'll probably come to a head later on that sort of conflict that he's got with Tom. Um, but he just lies outright. I love that. I don't know. Well, he certainly must have strained himself to get this menagerie together. A breeze stirred the gray haze of Daisy's fur collar. At least they're more interesting than the people we know, she said with an effort. So she is, like, defensive, too, but she's not being convincingly defensive. Even though she was bored. Yeah, you, don't look, you, you didn't look so interested, Tom said. So he notices that she wasn't having a good time. And Daisy wasn't having a good time. But no. he just she just likes Gatsby and yeah. doesn't like Tom. Well, I was. Tom laughed and turned to me. Did you notice Daisy's face when that girl asked her to put her under a cold shower? <laughs> so that's like a fun drunk moment. <laughs> so this girl goes up to get the Daisy and is like, I'm so hammered. <laughs> put me in a shower. <laughs> and Daisy's like this prim and proper Louisville like, woman. Oh, like, my. Uh, no, I'm yeah. not doing that. Oh, my. And then here's another thing about her bo- a voice. Daisy began to sing with the music in a husky rhythmic whisper, bringing out a meaning in each word that it had never had before and would never have again. When the melody rose, her voice broke up sweetly following it in a way contralto voices have, and each change tipped out a little over warm human magic upon the air. Ooh. It's be- more beautiful writing about her voice. Yeah, warm human magic. Yeah. And it's also perfect that, like, you can't replicate this voice. Like, you could just say a voice, because, like, the movie can always say, like, uh, basically capture the colors and all that stuff like yeah. that. But this, like, perfect voice, there's, yeah. like, no way to... No one's voice is like this. The imag- yeah, the imagination of it is going to be better than any actual voice, yeah. And then Tom says, I'd like to know who he is and what he does. And I think I'll make a point of finding out. So, boom, here's the big conflict. A seed is planted. So a man who is actually interested in discrediting Gatsby is now interested in him. Yeah. Where everyone else is just kind of wants to enjoy his liquor, now here's a man who hates him. And right. And like, I'm going to figure this out. It's all it takes is one, yeah. Um, So they leave... So she's. I could tell you right now, he owns some drugstores, a lot of drugstores. He built them up himself. So Gatsby lied yeah. to Daisy about what he does. Of course. And you should. And you should. And uh looks like, you're right, I stayed late that night. Gatsby asked me to wait until he was free. So now we have a so, moment where... So Nick waits around for Gatsby now. Yep. Yeah. Because they're like, they're confidence, right? So instantly Gatsby starts confiding in Nick. She didn't like it, he said immediately. Of course she did. She didn't like it, he insisted. She didn't have a good time. Nick also lies because he knew he's like she's not having a good time. Oh my god! Yeah, Nick is lying to Gatsby. Nick is lying to Tom. Yeah, he's not a very honest he's man. Just trying to make everything okay. Yeah. He, he was silent, and I guess at his unutterable depression. I feel far away from her. It's hard to make her understand. I like this part. You mean about the dance? <laughs> the dance? He dismissed all the dances he had given with a snap of his fingers. Old sport. The d- dance is unimportant. <laughs> she's like, I'm whatever dancing. I don't care about dancing. Dancing is dancing, baby. This is real. And this is this is the center of all things. Pay attention. He wanted nothing less of Daisy than that she should go to Tom and say, I never loved you. Which, don't ask that of anyone. <laughs> yeah, don't ask that. Yeah, come on. Look, and he's he 30 years old. <laughs> come on. I never At loved At what point you. are you not like, you know what? A girl can have some exes. That's it fine. happens. It happens, you know? It's part of life. We all grow. You deal with it. After she had obliterated four years with that sentence, they could decide upon the more practical measures to be taken. So here's more time that has to be obliterated. He needs to ab- he needs her to obliterate the time. There's no other way to do it. He needs her to shrink from 22 to 17 or whatever it is. Yeah. He needs her to become the woman she was. 
He's born back Sicily into the past. Whoa. Whoa. And also maybe send Tom into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, oblivion's there. Come on. And then one of them was that after she was free, they were to go back to Louisville and be married from her house. Just yeah. as if it was five years ago. Just as if it were five years ago. There it is again. Yeah. So he's like, this is crazy. He's like, you know what? You're going to tell your husband you never loved him. And then we're going to go to your parents' house and we're going to be married in front of everybody. It's wild. This is it's wild. It's wild. So it's, he's, he needs a Dan Cody Gatsby situation where a guy throws him in prison. Because yeah. that's insane. Because you're nuts, brother. <laughs> he has no actual friend to be like, what you're doing is weird. Yeah, Nick's bad. lying to him. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's trying, but he's all he's a sick of fan like everyone else. Yeah. I wouldn't ask too much of her. I ventured. You can't repeat the past. Can't repeat the past? He cried incredulously. Why, of course you can. So, like, <laughs> on the nose that this is a 17-year-old boy. This is still a 17-year-old boy. You can and repeat the past? Like, that's insane. That's, like, raw delusion. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, like, pure delusion, and he's just saying it. I love it. He looked around him wildly as if the past were lurking out there in the shadow of his house, just out of reach of his hand. I'm going to fix everything just the way it was before, he said, nodding determinedly. She'll see. <laughs> So, again, I mean, I, I think, like, Fitzgerald, he likes uh, writing a, an amazing novel. He also likes being like, hey, just so you know, this novel's amazing. Like, this character is this exact has Like, this exact, this exact part of the human mind. Yeah. Yeah. So representative of, yeah, exactly. All right, and then here's the weird switch narratively. He talked a lot about the past, and I gathered that he wanted to recover something, some idea of himself, perhaps, that had gone into loving Daisy. His life had been confused and disordered since then. But if he could once return to a certain starting place and go over it all slowly, he can find out what that thing was. So he's like obsessing over like, how did I get here? I had the love of my life. And even here is like, I'm a billionaire playboy. <laughs> right. But he's like, I, I need to figure out how I lost Daisy. And then here is a dot, dot, dot. So we lied about that. No being no dot, dot, dot. Hey, house. we lie. We lie. Maybe we were just being dumb and spoke ahead of turn. Hey. <laughs> That happens, too. But anyway, they're very rare, and we will be tracking the rest of them the rest of the novel. This is the second one we've seen in the in terms of the narration. Yeah. I mean, like people when people are speaking, they pause, and there's ellipses. But this is a dot, dot, dot. It seems to indicate a very significant narrative break. Yeah. Just like, a, hey, we're going back to the past, but... Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and remove myself from the narrative as much as possible. Right. What we what we see after this is a very different um, form of narration, and like even the even the stuff earlier when you talking about James Gatz, that was a different timeline, but it was still Nick giving his opinion. Yeah, his opinion laced, and also like sort of definitely like almost like a guy writing an essay like it yeah. was like kind of like a magazine profile exactly and yeah. this is a scene from a man's life now it reminds me sort of, of like i think at one point he kind of hands the reins over to jordan baker to talk about uh daisy and gatsby's courtship yes and that's that that sort of happens here but also i think we have kind of we have daisy's opinions there it's almost like daisy becomes a narrator for a page or two yeah and he's kind of relaying what daisy said to him but this is kind of just like omnipotent narrator almost yeah so one autumn night, five years before, they had been walking down the street when the leaves were falling, and they came to a place where there were no trees, and the sidewalk was white with moonlight. They stopped here and turned toward each other. Now it was a cool night, with that mysterious excitement in, in it which comes at the two changes of the year. The quiet lights in the houses were humming on, out into the darkness, and there was a stir and bustle among the stars. Out of the corner of his eyes, Gatsby saw that the blocks of the sidewalks really formed a ladder, and mounted to a secret place above the trees. He could climb to it, 
if he climbed alone. And once there, he could suck on the pap of life, gulp down the incomparable milk of wonder. Wonder Beautiful milk. and weird line. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying I like that, and Kevin's like, it's kind of weird. And I go, oh, yeah, it is very weird. I mean, If like, Gatsby was milk. alone, he could walk up on top of this hill and breastfeed the sky. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful milk of life. Incomparable it, milk of wonder. His heart beat faster and faster as Daisy's white face came up to his own. He knew that when he kissed the girl and forever wed his unutterable visions to her perishable breath, his mind would never romp again like the mind of God. Whoa. Wow. So that's the thing about someone becoming reality instead of a dream, right? As soon yes. as you kiss them, there's no longer the idea of the kiss. It's the reality of the kiss. Now everything has become flesh. Yeah, now you're two people there, right? So Yes, but also here's God again. In a like the mind of God. So his mind he's was trying romping to be like the mind of God. He's, he's trying to create trying to a universe. God. He is creating a universe. He do, right. He's he's creating himself. And yeah, then we here are comes the point. first in the person hitch into his plan to become this ultimate figure because here's like real love. Here's a real person. Right. But also small thing. Here's Daisy's race skin. Daisy's white face. Oh yeah, just mentioning the white face. Right. Interesting. So he waited, listening for a moment longer to the tuning fork that had been struck upon a star. Then he kissed her. At his lips touched, she blossomed for him like a flower, and the incarnation was complete. Oh, that's like sweet. Yeah, but also right. It's interesting. It's interesting because like this, this, this is not get Gatsby doesn't speak this way, so it's not Gatsby talking. Yeah, Nick doesn't speak this way, so it's not Nick talking. It's this. Third it's almost thing. like Fitzgerald. It's this Fitzgerald like being he, like, "Hey, let me write this." Fitzgerald's <laughs> like, "I mean, give me, you know, hold my beer. <laughs> give me a second. And then here's this weird paragraph. Through all he said, even though his appalling senti- even through his appalling sentimentality, I was remi- reminded of something, an elusive rhythm, a fragment of lost words that I had heard somewhere a long time ago. For a moment, a phrase tried to make shape or take shape in my mouth, and my lips parted like a dumb man's, as though there was more struggling upon them than a wisp of startled air, but they made no sound, and what I had almost remembered was uncommunicable forever. So, so this is weird. his tongue, right? Because so, Nick always has the words. He never doesn't, and he's writing this a year later, and he and he remembered that he couldn't remember a phrase. Yeah, and so what I think my big theory, because this could be nothing, but it's weird that like our big thing is Fitzgerald put everything in here on purpose, so he literally put big an paragraph. absence of a phrase in here before. Yeah, and it's a paragraph long. And like, what phrase is that? Uh, <laughs> our big theory is that he was going to say "I love you" right here. Yeah, I like it because he's like. Uh, what what I had almost remembered was uncommunicable forever. So he's heard this phrase a lot, and he saw Gatsby. He's like, I can almost say this. Yeah. I see this man, and like I'm like literally his like servant trying to help him find love. And it's like this, you're so great, and she's not right for you. I love you. <laughs> right. He's being friend zoned by Gatsby, and I, I like the thing about the uh, I'd heard somewhere a long time ago. So it fits. It fits with a lot of the stuff that's being described in this really beautiful paragraph. Yes. And that's that's the end of that chapter. That's the end of that chapter. That's where, so you have Gatsby's excitement. He finally gets Daisy, and then you watch the the glass crack. Little cracks forming all along the grass, uh, the glass. Ga- uh, Daisy's unhappy at his parties, yes, okay. which means that she would not want to be part of his social life. Right. We have Tom is now looking into Gatsby. Yeah. Not even out of sense that this guy is sleeping with my wife. It's this guy is a jerk. Some, I hate him. Something's up. Yeah, something's up. This guy is compete. He's competing for my sort of maleness, silverback yeah. idea. Yeah. 
Tom let like he tries to, uh, Gatsby tries to be part of uh, East Egg. They literally ditch him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's there's some serious. Yeah. There's some serious cracks in the in the Gatsby facade happening in this chapter. And now Nick is like basically he does whatever he can for Gatsby to make Nick, this happen. And it, yeah. Every everyone people are kind of hopping off 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 the Gatsby train, but Nick is more into it than ever. Yes. He's lying to Gatsby. He's lying for Gatsby. He's lying to Gatsby to to make him feel better. Make him feel better. Um. He's totally ingratiated. He's he's Gatsby's confidant. Um. And he's. He seems really invested in the, uh, you know, and, and it was, and and it was Gatsby's Nick who told happiness. Us in Gatsby's happiness. He's invested in Gatsby's happiness and his story. Kind of like this is where we're, Nick is telling us the story of Gatsby. It's a romantic story. Yes. Platonic And conception. also, like, he's not that into, like, how he describes, he's like, Gatsby's a 17-year-old vision of a 30-year-old man. Like, not flattering, but here he is no. trying to do everything for him. It's understanding, though. It's the classic Nick Carraway thing of getting behind the mask of the character. And, like, this is and the like, way is, he is. Yes. This is the why he acts the way he does. And he understands, he understands the machinations of their personalities. Yes. Um, and we're, this is where we get that for Gatsby, which is pretty amazing. The platonic conception of himself. He's a god among men. He's a, he, creates his, he, created, he created himself on, on a fairy's wing. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, so basically this is like an American mythology right here. Yeah. It's a man making himself, and but a man can't be God because <laughs> men can be torn apart by love. <laughs> and bullets. Yeah, Dan Cody, broken down by women. Gatsby, losing his mind. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And boy, is the next chapter a doozy. It's so, like the longest one, and it's all the plot that people remember. It's everything. It is the, yeah, it is, right. It was, it's like essentially people will go, Greg Gatsby, parties, this next chapter. Yes. So, yeah, we're going into seven. And I didn't even realize it was seven. I thought it would at least be eight. Cause Me it's too. Like, this is like the big thing. This is the climax. Yeah, the climax is the next chapter. Um we're gonna have yeah, we're going we're going to New York. We're having the big the big everything comes out. Everything comes out. Um and everything goes wrong. Everything it's it's an episode of real world. For real. It's like really dramatic. It's uh really intense. <laughs> so get ready for that. Uh that'll be chapter seven next week. But this was this was a fun chapter. It was uh, a lot of, like just a lot of shadows coming in. Basically, the the last chapter ended with a storm coming in, and then literally here is everything falling apart. Yeah. And then next chapter is everything really falling it's apart. It really falls apart. Uh, yeah, just get ready. Good God. Uh, hey, well, thank you for listening again. Uh, me and Kevin are amazing comedians as well as uh, intellectuals, pub- <laughs> public, public intellectuals. <laughs> so, yeah, we're at the live. We're humorists. We're humorists, right? Yes. If you're smart and you're funny. You're, you're a, hum- <laughs> a satirist. <laughs> We're we're satirists, and we get to, we get to quite uh, we, we get use to, our wit to cut at the heart of the powerful. Yeah, that's right. We use we use our words, uh, you know, like as a sword weapons. as weapons. Look out and look out, fat cats up there on the hill. Yeah, we're coming for you. Our comedy about 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 my weird sex life is coming at you. Look out. Yeah. Hey, so anyway, come see us do comedy. I'm Maha Hartnett on uh, social media platforms. I'm Kevin Lomkovich on social media platforms. It's easy to spell. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, thank you for listening to the OK, OK Gatsby. Gatsby. Yeah, we'll see you for chapter seven. seven. Peace. <laughs>